interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Now with a Russian spy mystery, a father, former Russian spy, and his daughter are fighting for their lives this morning. Police in England believe they were poisoned, and our chief foreign correspondent, Terry Moran, is in London with the story. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, George. You know, this is a mysterious and even frightening case this morning. That former Russian spy and his daughter remain in critical condition at an English hospital after being struck down Sunday by what authorities now believe was some kind of poison. So this guy presents to your ER. As a diligent medical student, you ask about his occupational history and find out that he's a former KGB agent now living in England. My name is Will Hockett. I'm a third-year medical student at Oregon Health and Sciences University here in Portland, Oregon. Today we're trying something new at EmingCast, a concept episode called Tox Tales. Hopefully my MS1 and MS2 friends will find this illuminating, and colleagues further along can consider this a bit of a physiology flashback. I enjoy this topic because it illustrates some of the fundamentals of the autonomic nervous system. Organophosphates, type of acetylcholinesterase inhibitor. Linguistically, this can seem complicated, but what it means is that you stop the machinery that normally breaks down acetylcholine. The result is a buildup of acetylcholine in the synapse and overstimulation of the receptor. Acetylcholine is the neurotransmitter used in both the central and peripheral nervous system. Many of the typical clinical symptoms we see in OP poisoning are from the parasympathetic symptoms being cranked up to 11. These can be remembered by the mnemonic SLUDGE triple B, which stands for salivation, lacrimation, urination, defecation, gastrochemesis or hyperactivity, bronchoconstriction, bronchosecretions, and bradycardia. Sludge triple B only refers to the rest and digest, or the parasympathetic nervous system effects. Like everything in medicine, things get confusing the deeper you dig. The sympathetic nervous system also uses acetylcholine with muscarinic receptors, and this is for sweat production. So the poisoned person is going to have fluid coming out of everywhere. They're going to be wet. They're going to be sweating, they're going to be crying, they're going to be peeing potentially, and they're going to have saliva and frothing at the mouth. The somatic nervous system also uses acetylcholine as the neurotransmitter. This is what gives us voluntary control over our muscles. This overstimulation can lead to muscle fasciculations and paralysis. So let's return to our patient and get some info from a witness. When she's on the floor, her eyes were just completely white. They're wide open, but just white and frothing at the mouth. And then the man went stiff, his arms stopped moving. What this describes fits our picture of the cholinergic toxidrome. When the witness describes the eyes going white, that is likely meiosis from constriction of the pupils. Foaming at the mouth and difficulty breathing illustrate the bronchorrhea and bronchoconstriction seen in organophosphate poisoning. So this person arrives at the emergency department. OP poisoning is diagnosed clinically. What do we do for them? The first step is to focus on the ABCs. Due to the copious respiratory secretions, bronchospasms, and diaphragmatic weakness, they will require intubation. You do not want to use succinylcholine for RSI, or rapid sequence intubation, because succinylcholine is normally metabolized by acetylcholinesterases. Because those are what's inhibited, this leads to an exaggerated and prolonged response in the poisoned patient. Instead, rocuronium is used, but at higher doses due to competitive inhibition at the neuromuscular junction. For treatment of the cholinergic crisis, we use atropine because it is a competitive antagonist of the muscarinic receptors. Additionally, pralidoxine, is also known as 2-PAM, is used to regenerate the acetylcholinesterases. OPs can result in seizures, and it's unknown if this is due to their effects on the CNS or 
due to the hypoxemia from respiratory distress. Organophosphates do have clinical utility. Physostigmine and neostigmine are medications that can boost the amount of acetylcholine in the synaptic cleft by preventing its breakdown. These can be used in diseases like myasthenia gravis to help alleviate the symptoms of muscle weakness. Additionally, malathion is an acetylcholinesterase inhibitor that works as an excellent pesticide against lice. So you might be using organophosphates and might not even know it. So OP poisoning might seem like a medical school zebra. In the United States, there are roughly 8,000 exposures with fewer than 15 deaths each year. However, OPs and their cousin, the carbamates, are frequently used worldwide as an insecticide. Worldwide, there are an estimated 3 million poisonings and 300,000 deaths each year. So my friends, hoping to do emergency medicine internationally, keep OPs on your radar. There are many classes of organophosphates that differ by their chemical composition and lipophilicity. Unfortunately, we have seen many of them in the news. One agent, VX, is suspected as the weapon used in the assassination of Kim Jong-nam in 2017. Bashar al-Assad has frequently used the chemical weapon sarin against his own Syrian people. For poisonings due to insecticides or chemical weapons, secondary exposure to healthcare workers is a concern, so make sure to decontaminate the patient and use appropriate protective measures for yourself and the staff that the patient has come in contact with. Well, that does it for Toxtales. We've quickly covered some of the basics of OP poisoning that result in inhibition of the acetylcholinesterase enzyme. This results in the sludge triple B cholinergic toxidrome. And just a reminder that salivation, lacrimation, urination, defecation, gastric emesis, and triple B, bronchorrhea, bronchoconstriction, and bradycardia. In the show notes, I've included some links to some great resources for visual learners. If you're studying this information for the first time, I encourage you to compare the clinical findings of OP poisoning versus those found in anticholinergic toxicity, and that comes up frequently in medications. All of this information is high yield for your board exams, and I don't use that term sarcastically. If you're interested in creating high-quality podcasts, Talks Tales and the Physiology Flashback are an excellent template for a show idea. Here at eMedCast, we are interested in expanding our base of creators. If interested, please reach out to us on Reddit, on Twitter, or via our website, emigcast.com. Thank you very much. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program.